we're so, rolling. Yeah, we are rolling, and this is the start of podcast number five for Type None. Cinco de Type Nano. Dork. <laughs> All right, so we've it's been a few weeks since we talked last. Yep. And we've had a lot going on since then. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> Some really good positive things, mm-hmm. which we're excited to share about. Um, and then just the regular grind. So we kind of laid out what we're going to talk about to keep us on track. And today is Saturday. You should be hearing this on Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So with that in mind, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And a start to the holiday season. We had the opportunity to go home to Tallahassee and Carabelle. I had three days off in a row. Shocking. First time in how long? Three days off in a row. Yeah. Um, besides my surgery? Besides <laughs> surgery, yes. Sur- <laughs> surgery does not count. I believe since we went to visit my grandmother. That, however, was a, a planned trip, but before that, three days off in a row, I can't tell you because I really don't remember. Since the beginning of September, I have not had consecutive days off. We did get two days off in a row a couple of weeks ago and we ran home to Tallahassee because it was my first trip back to Tallahassee since May. Spent a little time with our families and then we knew that uh, as soon as I had three days off in a row we were we were gonna spend it back in Tallahassee. So we did basically a day and a half with your mom Mm-hmm. And had a nice little gluten-free pescatarian Thanksgiving. Chris seared up some tuna steaks, which were delicious. And I think your uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uncle Dave caught those. I want to say I don't know if he caught them in Florida or if he caught them. He didn't catch south. the steaks. He caught the tuna. <laughs> so clarification there. But yeah, so some beautiful fresh fish. And we did a gluten-free... Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. First time making that, and it was absolutely delicious. I think that is going to be a recipe that we need to post. And then your mom and you chopped up a bunch of roots, uh, sweet potatoes, parsnips. Rutabaga. Love rutabaga. And roasted those. And And beets. And beets. Golden beets. Yeah, we just... It was a beautiful little dinner and absolutely delicious. You know, and one of our favorite things to do with her around the holidays when we're able to go back and and hang is we got a a couple of Hallmark Christmas movies in. Yeah. Always a good time. (laughs) We spent a day and a half with my folks down in Carabelle. Um, My sister, my younger sister was there. My older sister was not. She's on baby watch. Um, She's a doula. uh, So she was not there, unfortunately. Um, But it was great to spend some time with my folks and my little sister, especially since it's been almost a year since I've been down in Carabelle. And um, it was my first time back in Carabelle since Hurricane Michael at the beginning of the month. Michael just was a shitstorm, <laughs> quite literally. Uh, luckily, Carabelle, East Point, Apalachicola fared far better than originally expected, but the impact of that storm along the panhandle is 
was huge, is huge, will be huge for the next number of years. And it was just nice to go and be there, I think, for me, you know, especially after that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Michael pretty much wiped out several communities in the panhandle. Mexico Beach, which is about I knew I knew the distance before. Basically, when you go down the panhandle, there's Carabelle, Apalachicola, Port St. Joe. Um, Cape Sand Blast, Mexico Beach. Mexico Beach is literally leveled, gone. It took the brunt of the storm. Um, and then, you know, further west is Panama City, which, because it's so large, it, it I mean, it's like a war zone, really. But Mexico Beach is decimated. So, it, I mean, it was not too far away yeah, but, but it was good to see that Carabelle was not uh, leveled. That I mean, and they've done a lot. All of, things considered, yeah. you know, it it fared pretty well. They've done uh, a lot of cleanup already as well. And I was bummed to see the the um, what's the name of the park? Oh, I, it's so new. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the last time I was down in Carabelle, there's this one little. <clears throat> stretch of the highway that I would stop at because it had these two piers that I would walk out on and just take a nice look at the bay and when you walk out onto them the stars just completely just became illuminated because there's no light pollution pollution at all just absolutely gorgeous little hideaway and and actually that little portion had been about five to ten little cabins that a couple had turned into they were going to turn it into um a business they had renovated all these little cabins and then i think it was hurricane dennis a number of years ago like back in 2005 came through that was a much smaller storm but those cabins were right on the water and you know basically bankrupted um, those people and they just they didn't want to try again so the land had just been sitting there for a number of years and it um, the piers there is where uh, Chris proposed mm. <laughs> um, but last year when I went down they were they had fenced off this whole little area and they were turning it into a park and we hadn't gotten to see it finished but it had literally opened in August and it's completely destroyed you know the piers are all wonky and the lights are over and the parking lot is basically sand so we didn't have a chance to stop and look at it but it does now officially have a name we just (laughs) I'm not used to it I didn't know that about the the cabins and the businesses yeah um before this might be a thing, like, you know, just, just leave that area w- as is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I no, no, no need to put stuff there. I think that's kind of a lesson with that area of the coast. Um, it's, it's called the Forgotten Coast, and uh, some of us want it to remain that way uh, and not become like the rest of Florida where it's built up and, you know, strip malls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just, just saying, throwing that two cents in there. Getting off the beaten path. See, we have notes to keep us on track, and we still get off track. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it it was great to go down there um, and see our families for just a little bit. I can definitely say that having numerous days off in a row is something that I'm especially thankful for this year, given just the, the whirlwind of a schedule that we're on and everything that we're trying to do. Yeah, when you look at everything... I mean, the way you, your schedule has been since September, 
you've had what Saturdays and Mondays off and then every so often they'll throw something in where you're working on a Saturday or you're working on a Monday but having this constant revolving schedule and then throwing in the two surgery procedures that you had you know and everything it's definitely caused a cluster for us in the in the realm of scheduling and trying to get anything that we would like done actually completed yeah yeah you know we we put uh together a schedule and a timeline for us to do this stuff and it just gets life kind of throws us a loop and and we make a loop usually a hurricane yeah 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 usually we you know we don't put things on such a schedule to where if it doesn't get done at a certain time or place or space it won't get done. We have flexibility in that. But does that mean that we have a podcast done every week? No. Nope. Trust me, we try. We want to, but we're doing the best with what we have. And that, I think, is something to be thankful for. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we have gotten a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as I just said, you had two surgical procedures done in a two-week time span which was a lot in and of itself to go through. The recovery portion of that, you know, post-second surgery, in which case on the second one you had, you know, four procedures done in that particular um, setting. So just the recovery time from that. And then dealing with work and life and everything that goes along with it, we've still been able to do a lot. You know, we've thrown out some podcasts. We started our first campaign for Clark Communications Group. So it's not like we we haven't done anything. <laughs> you know, we're so... I, I would like to keep, you know, you do a lot better job of, um, of posting things on social media, kind of trying to keep that stuff going than, than I am, but you're also a lot more knowledgeable than I am when it comes to social media... outlets you've you've learned a lot and you you have picked up i'm trying yeah i think that you know Mm -hmm. you got to give yourself credit you you are doing it and and that i've been i've been proud of you on that because it's not especially if it's you know not something that's intuitive it's hard and you know we've talked about this in the past you know it's it's not something that comes naturally to you because you're more of a um private person you know yeah well I and I try to stay I guess um in the moment yeah um I mean in the past what month or so uh we've had a couple of uh or I should say I shouldn't say a couple we've had several different diabetes events uh there was a a meetup with the JDRF at a local place here in Jacksonville that serves very unique food um and super yummy food but I didn't take any pictures, no selfies, no Instagram stories or anything like that while I was there. Um, I spent the time talking with friends and people that I haven't seen in a while and stuff like that. And then I've I've been the keynote speaker at two different American Diabetes Association Lunch and Learns. They they have their Tour to Cure coming up, so their big like ride uh, here in where is it Amelia Island. No, 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 no. It's oh, that's um, at World Golf Village. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's further <coughs> south in St. John's County. 
Yeah. Which is but they've had, um, there's been two ADA lunch and learns for different companies. And the first one was with FIS and Black Knight. Financial and like tech. Yeah. They do uh, kind of tech savvy financial work. And then the other was at uh, the power company down in St. John's County, um, the Caterpillar dealership. And they uh, they actually split that particular Lunch and Learn into two different groups. So we had a, a group come in, they had their lunch, left, and then the second group came in. Pretty much the same thing, but I, I did absolutely no picture-taking or stories or selfies or anything <laughs> and but that's one of the things that like I kind of admire about you is because you you bring quality to what you're doing and I think that's why we make a good team you know I was only go, able to go to one of those with you yeah and I took a couple of Instagram stories to help with that but you're there in the moment and the quality of what you're giving to people is is top-notch and I, I think Again, that's why we make such a great team, because you foster relationships so well. Um, not to say that I don't. Uh, <laughs> I just, I when I see kind of a, an opportunity, I'm not one of those people that walk around with my phone in my hand constantly, like, taking pictures and, like, you know, taking selfies with people that I don't know. I'm a little bit more creative and selective in what I post, but it, it does take away from the moment for me. There are times when I am more like that with you. So it's it's an admir- admirable <laughs> quality to have. And the nice thing is, like I said, that one ADA event, I was able to share a couple of stories. And then with the JDRF meetup, they posted pictures and we can share that. You know, we don't have to constantly be on on in terms of that aspect because there is somebody else doing it that right. we can easily share. So it's kind of like out outsourcing. you know yeah but I do like I would like to provide as much content for for people who are listening and people who are are interested in in what we're doing and what we've yeah what we've been evolving here over the past several years really you know with with regards to our nonprofit our certified nonprofit Clark Communications Group and how we hope to translate that as time rolls forward, you know, into inspiring and educating and empowering those affected by type one diabetes, and and hopefully, you know, bringing about some change and and being kind of stewards of the community, you know, those people who who are living with uh, hardships. As I mean, as we've been dealing with stuff in our own lives, you know, we can I think we can definitely appreciate the struggles that that others go through, and you know, I just I guess. I would like to to provide more, try to help out a little bit more, yeah, um, true. And, and and show people what we're doing as opposed to every so often just saying, oh yeah, by the way, we did one, two, three, four, five different you know things this past month or. And I mean to to go back on that, you know, we have you've done a good job of posting, and and that's one of the things we're going to talk about next is like the posts that we have done and why we've done them. Um, right, when we posts like. Or, or, I mean, I know I just said that I don't always have my phone in my hand, but right now I've got my phone in my hand so that we can look over the posts that we've uh, done. <laughs> like, which ones do we want to talk about? 
Let's see. Do we want to go here first or here first? Let's go there. All right. So this one I'm really excited about, and yeah. I was super excited about, and we had to wait to announce it. But we did just this past week, right? Yep. I think Monday. Mm. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Go for it. So Chris has been accepted as an ambassador to Bike Law for the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Ah. Super excited about this. Um, bike Law is something that I've kind of been been interested in and been following for the past couple of years. And it's an incredible group. Bike Law is an ethos. Uh, it, it's a mission, you know, a social change movement, if you will. And basically, it's a collective of people dedicated to the pursuit of cycling justice, um, advocating for people on bikes. Uh, they lead by example. Um, they want to be the change that they see in the world. And, you know, as a uh, Bike Law Foundation ambassador, um, which is sponsored by the Bike Law Network, I'm committed to the improvements needed to make cycling better, safer, more sustainable for everybody who rides. Um, everyone who rides is a cyclist, and every cyclist is deserving of a culture in which riding a bicycle is valued, protected, encouraged, and celebrated. So, um, super excited about this opportunity, you know, I think we're all in this together. Uh, together we ride safe, we ride happy, we ride often, and we ride proud. Uh, and just super, super excited to be part of this throughout the next year. So you can definitely, you will be seeing uh, more posts um, that I receive from uh, Bike Law. And, you know, I will try to keep you all informed and involved with what's going on in the cycling community. I've been fortunate in that I've never uh, incurred an accident which wasn't self-related or or self-caused. You know, uh, growing up in Oregon on a mountain bike, I would fall quite a bit. But I've never been involved in a hit and run. However, I have been and my friends have been Involved in many instances where we've been intimidated by vehicles, you know, big trucks who ride up next to us and throw stuff at us, um, cars and SUVs and trucks who will swerve at us. Um, it's just, ugh. you know, my, my friend and I, uh, when I was back in Oregon, we actually had a vehicle. I, I was riding in back of him. And the vehicle swerved right in front of him into the bike lane and took off. And, of course, you know, we're flipping that vehicle off because he was he intended to be malicious. He then turned around and swerved into our lane coming at us. And my friend and I veered off the road and, you know, he's cursing at us and we're cursing back at him. And then he then turns back around and comes up behind me. And we ended up calling the police and the guy or the police officer said that he had already they had already had uh, other cyclists in a different part of town call in for that vehicle and that color. Um, So the guy's just literally driving around being an asshole, you know, to cyclists. 
So uh, one of my friends and a teammate uh, up in the Greenville, South Carolina area was just hit, uh, involved in a hit and run. Um, you know, so again, I say that I, I've never been involved in an accident, but friends of mine have. I've been involved in so many instances uh, where, where I've been targeted. So, you know, this is something that I am, you know, profoundly grateful for the opportunity to kind of bring some knowledge and help, yeah. you know, educate others on this. I, I actually just saw a, um, I don't know if you saw this or not. I, I, I saw an article on social media that talked about a news reporter talking about cyclists being, oh God, what, what is it when, when you only think about yourself? Narcissist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the reporter basically called cyclists narcissists. And I'm not going to deny the fact that we f- think about ourselves or I think about myself when I'm on the road. But in every single instance, when a cyclist goes up against a motor vehicle. That, that, that car is going to win. There, yeah. Uh, so, you know, sorry, I'm not sorry <laughs> that I'm thinking about myself and my safety. Uh, when I am I definitely on my bike. See, I definitely want to see this because that's, that's absolutely crazy. Because, and I say that because in <clears> where <throat> we live in, Jackson, in Jacksonville and the surrounding areas, since we moved here um, with my job, we've had, uh, I, I would say, half dozen to a dozen pedestrian cyclists who have been killed by being hit by a car, whether it's a hit and run or, you know, luckily the, the person stayed. It's just, and these aren't, you know, people out riding like Chris. Um, you know, these are people who are cycling to and from work, home, groceries, whatever. Um, but Jacksonville is not made for that. It, it is not made for that at all. But um, there's no reason why it couldn't be. And there's no reason why these people should be killed. There's no reason why a cyclist should be hurt or threatened. And, you know, Chris has multiple times ridden from Jacksonville Beach down to St. Augustine and back. And I can tell you that, yes, it does scare me because of how people drive around here. You know, you want to talk about narcissists. Drivers in this area are scary. (laughs) You know, last year I bought a new car after my car uh, was totaled. And it, it was just like, well, I don't know why I'm doing this, but... It's also just as dangerous to walk or bike around here than it is to drive a brand new car. Um, luckily, we, you know, everything we need is within a five, 10 minute driving distance. Um, but, you know, the number of accidents, both vehicle on vehicle, vehicle on motorcycle, I will not let Chris get a motorcycle in this city. <laughs> um, and then vehicle to bicyclist is insane. And, and Jacksonville is not some anomaly in the U.S. There, I mean, we see it all the time in small towns, bigger cities. Um, so when, you know, he talked about applying to this ambassadorship, I said, one, I said, you never know unless you try. But then I also believe in what they're doing. And I think it's a great it's a great cause outside of diabetes advocacy for us to align ourselves with because Chris, it, he geeks out on 
anything bike related. He loves mm-hmm. his bike. He loves his trainer. He loves his time on his bike. So, you know, it's, it's bringing something outside of diabetes to us as well as it's something that we can insert, you know, our diabetes advocacy in with. And I think that is a really amazing thing. And I just get so excited about it. Yeah. They talk about, um, about leading through example, um, which is something I think we do with, within Clark communications group and, and our diabetes advocacy, just, uh, advocating for health related issues in general, not just diabetes. But I remember when I was living in Greenville, South Carolina, writing with a friend of mine, um, Mark Ward. And if you want to talk about um, leading by example, I mean, he was like the pinnacle of what I aspire to to be Um, just a very courteous cyclist. um, And not that cyclists are always the best. I mean, I understand there are times, I'm sure, if you're not a cyclist and you're in your car and there's like three or four cyclists in a row in the middle of the street, you know, and stuff like that, it can be pretty frustrating. And so I'm not saying that cyclists are always in the right. right. Um, and that's why I say part of this is leading by through example um, and, and showing that you need to be cautious and courteous with regards to to others while you're out on the road and part of that leading by example you know is is not being you know a jackass and and, you know causing cars to to put themselves at risk but as we were talking earlier and i said you know when when you compare a car and a cyclist who's going to win the battle the car will you know or the vehicle will 100 percent of the time so you know, by leading through example, it's kind of like, hey, you know, we can be, you know, good stewards of the road as well. Don't need to, you know, put vehicle drivers at risk or, you know, start pissing them off. So I, I just, the, the way bike law is set up, I, I really enjoy the dynamics. And again, you know, as, as we move forward through this next year, I'm I'm really excited to to bring about some of their some of their posts and and, and sharing what they are about and hopefully helping um, both motorists and cyclists you know merge towards I guess a uh, more harmonious <laughs> yeah state um, we shall see so that's been um, some of our recent posts uh, this past week I think. Um, Again, something I'm really excited about. And then uh, just kind of going back, you know, um, through the beginning of the month, you know, it is still Diabetes Awareness Month. So, so we've done a little bit with that. Yep. Thank you, um, Frederick Banning. Uh, yep. He is the one of, there's two creators. Mm. They are co-creators. He was a crew, co-creator, yep. Of insulin. Um, <clears throat> and then, oh, gosh, we're gearing up, or Chris is gearing up. He's really excited about this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Y- yesterday was the start of the Ultraman World Championships out on the Big Island. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with the Ultraman race, um, it is an ultra endurance triathlon. 
Um, most people know about an Ironman triathlon, which is 140.6 miles. An Ultraman is 321.6 miles. It's broken up into three days. You have 12 hours each day to complete each stage. Um, day one is a 10K swim, so a 6.2-mile swim, followed by a 90-mile bike. So that's what, that's what the athletes did yesterday. Day two, which is today, is a 172-mile bike ride. Uh, around the big island and then tomorrow day three they will be running a double marathon 52.4 mile run so um i have a lot of friends that are that are racing and out on the big island right now Uh, my crew chief for the upcoming ultraman race is is out there and she is racing so super excited to to see you know her complete it um she she did very well yesterday um all my friends did really well yesterday and so this morning uh actually because hawaii is was it six or nine hours behind us i don't know something like that um so they, they haven't even started yet but i'm i'm excited my to internal clock is so off yesterday i worked from 4 a.m to 2 p.m and then, and it, yesterday was also my Monday. Yesterday was Friday. I don't know what day it is. I can't tell you what time it is. Don't ask me about it. Like, uh-uh. There's no way. I have no clue where Hawaii is <laughs> in, in reference to time and place at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, um, super excited. And I, I will be geeking out um, the, the rest of today and tomorrow. Super excited to, to see how... How things turn out this year on the Big Island, and then another post that Chris just posted about. Uh, we're not going to go through all the posts, but this I think is an important one. Um, it talks, uh, or it 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 yeah, it talks to you know him opening up and helping, hoping to help people on their journey and see, you know. That they're not the only ones going through this. You want to talk a little bit about this post? Yeah, I, you know, this was. It's it. It was kind of confusing for me because I was both really excited about it and also terrified of it um, because it opens me up. It 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 makes me vulnerable um, and that vulnerability definitely scares me. Um, but that said, I did put it out. Um, after my last Ultraman, I mean, I was 35 years old. I was in the best shape of my life and coming off of a, a collegiate swimming career, um, you know, and, and being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes just after I graduated college, um, the fact that I was in the best shape of my life you know, I think speaks a lot in and of itself. Um, however, after my my Ultraman race, you know, I took a little bit of downtime um, to rest and recover, which I think is important. But but I was still very active. I, I took place in a, a ride to remember in South Carolina where, God, I forget how many, how many riders there were. I want to say like 400 riders or 600 riders, something like that. Um, rode from Greenville, South Carolina to the coast in Charleston as a... Um, Don't mind you, Mish. 
you bored by this, buddy? I mean, it was a really cool ride. You know, it was to help Alzheimer's, <laughs> you know, hashtag end alls, you know, all that fun stuff. And also, yes, I did post a couple of Insta stories with his boredom of us. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I was still very, very active, and but I was very focused on career stuff. Um, at, at that point in time, I was kind of hoping to uh, to take over as like director of uh, marketing for the company where I was working. The, the person who was uh, director of marketing was moving into uh, more of an executive role. And so I thought, I thought that was opening up for me and instead found out that the company I worked for was being bought out by the largest physical therapy company in the United States. And so basically my job was dissolved. Um, that said, around this time, I had the opportunity to take over as the head coach of a swim club, which for me, although not not as much money, a lot, lot more effort and everything, but it, you know, that's that was one of my dream jobs. I mean, being a, a, a collegiate swimmer and taking over the club team that was affiliated with uh, the school that I graduated from, my alma mater, was just like, are you kidding me? Heck yeah, let's do this. So I did it, and I put everything I had into it, um, physically, mentally. I mean, my life was making sure that that club um, evolved and grew into not just a successful um, uh, swim culture, but a swim culture that could thrive, something that you know people wanted to be a part of, both swimmers and families, as well as um, uh, from the, the community and business aspect of it, you know, making sure that it could sustain itself because it was not in a sustainable place. So make a long story short, basically, um, you know, I, my, my health took a big backseat to that. Um, but it's. Obviously, I, I am boring, so I won't, I won't drag this on too long. But basically, you know, I put a post out of what I looked like. When you got the invitation. Yeah, back in September. And then probably about every two and a half, maybe three weeks, um, I would take a picture just kind of showing, showing the transformation. And coming from somebody who was super fit and, you know, able to, to complete an Ultraman... Um, and being a type one diabetic, uh, you know, when I look at, at the first picture of me, um, it's like, wow, you know, I let myself do that to myself because that's pretty sad, especially being somebody who's constantly advocating for health and taking care of yourself. Um, I had basically put life in, in front of my own health. Um, or I, I guess I should say the the things that life was throwing at me, um, and your health, and you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, I want to throw in there too that you know if you've listened to some of our past uh, podcasts, and if you haven't, go back and do that. That'll help give a little context. We have had a lot of life thrown at us. Um, you know, I, I can also say that uh, the last year and a half, two years is the least active I have 
ever been in my life. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's taken a lot on both of us mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, because being active is such a huge part of our lives and it's part of what, you know, brought us together. And, you know, one of the things that we love about each other, you know, so it, really the last couple of weeks we've kind of, we have definitely been openly talking about how we feel about ourselves realistically and just been like super encouraging and yeah the when i look about at, at this though this is kind of like one of those um when you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask drop you know you're supposed to uh put the mask on yourself yeah um before you help others because again if you're not if you can't help the function. Yeah, if you if you can't help yourself, you're not going to be able to help others. That's just, you know, but, the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, I had a really cool um one of my good friends down in Central Florida uh commented on the on the picture and said, you know, wow, way to own it. And his journey was really um incredible. Uh he's a father of I forget how many kids he has um but i mean he's coming up on the big five zero he got into the endurance events through triathlon you know he was getting older didn't want to feel old and whatnot so he he did a, a shorter triathlon and basically worked his way up to the iron man and he had been helping out volunteering crewing for ultraman just because of it you know friends of his in the central Florida area, kind of drugging him into it. He, uh, he ended up racing last year and completed it. And so, you know, watching him say, no, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let, you know, age take over and being a father and having a family and a job. And, you know, I mean, he's not a professional athlete. Um, he's just an amazing person. But when, uh, when, you know, he kind of called me out and said, yeah, you know, there you go. I thought that was really, really cool. Very empowering for me. Still not happy about how, where I let myself get. But that said, you know, like I said, you know, opening up and, and making myself vulnerable and saying, yeah, you know, this did happen. Uh, and I don't want it to, to happen to me again. You know, I, I, I've always tried to eat well. I've always tried to to exercise and although and it's funny when you look at the pictures it's like uh when i look at myself i'm like damn i was one fat you know what but that said um you know i could still go out and run five five miles you know without a problem i could still you know i was still active and strong yeah but again you know you look at that picture and it's not the picture of health definitely not where i wanted to be but I'm excited um, to, to see the change that's occurring in my body. Um, <laughs> another friend of mine in Tallahassee, we were on a, I was on a video, a Skype call, a video conference call with, um, with a few people. And uh, he said, what, what do you say? Something to the effect of like, it's, it, it's good to see your jawline back or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's was, exactly what he said. I was like, dang, man. I was like, all right, thank you. Probably needed that. <laughs> so... Yeah, again, like, although this definitely opens me up and, and makes me vulnerable, um, I, I, I am excited about it. And it's kind of like, and I've, I've, I've had a couple people that, that have said some pretty inappropriate things, I think. And I'm like, really? Really? But it makes me stronger. So, you know, all good. 
Well, and it just, you know, we're, we're working so much behind the scenes. Um, and I don't think that people see that unless we put a post out or put a podcast out. And even when we do, they don't see, you know, all the things that we're doing to get this moving forward, to get you to Ultraman, to, to get our campaign moving and it's nice to have this physical tie this you know he's working his butt off every day you know on the trainer running swimming and you know that's a part of it and so we kind of have that you you can kind of (laughs) correlate I I, or at least I feel that it helps correlate the work that we're putting into everything so I think that's kind of cool yeah um, Which actually kind of does lead into our next little topic of our current state of our donations since we started that $100. For 100 Days campaign. Um, we did get a nice, generous first donation, and then we haven't had any. We, we had one. So, and it's not for lack of us putting the word out, but I think that we need to be more aggressive with it. And yeah, this is one of those like, I mean, we're a small nonprofit and we when we were putting this together, we had a lot of support. I mean, nothing but, you know, people saying, yes, uh, yeah. you know, that that sounds amazing. You know what you, you guys can do can with that. Do it. You know, you're so great at, you know, at advocating and speaking and, you know, you're such an inspiration, you know. It's that has been a nice little like, I guess, tender to the fire that we've wanted to build. But unless we get true support, that's not going to go anywhere. And so since we've, you know, started the campaign, it's kind of been a action speak louder than words, I think, is the way that we've talked about it. Yeah, I mean there's it's great to have people who say they support us but actions speak louder than words you can say you know put your money where your mouth is you right now we have seen no movement we we put a lot of work into making sure that we're helping not just advocate uh for health related issues specifically type 1 diabetes um but we put a lot of work into setting things up so that it helped others help us help others. Yeah. <laughs> How's that, how, how you like those? You know, I mean, we set up this up as a certified nonprofit 501c3 so that any donations that came in were tax deductible. So the people that are helping us get some help back for themselves. And it also allows us to do the things that that we like to do um, in, you know, serving uh, the the type one community and, and advocating for health issues. And I think, you know, one of the things is we've been talking a lot about what we're going to do within the next year. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't excite them, but, like you know our mission is to help others. And, and so when people say, Oh yeah, that's really awesome. Um, we can't help others. If you don't help us, help us, help you help us help 
our community. <laughs> and really, like, I don't care if you give us $10. That $10 will help so much, so much. So we're, um, once this podcast goes out, we'll be kind of calling people out is basically the not nice way of putting it. The nice way of putting it is I'll be encouraging others through, you know, posts to, hey, like I, I am going to, you know, we've already put our some of our own money into this. We put a good amount of money into setting setting things up for yeah for the making sure that we have a nonprofit set up. So again, when donations come in, it's tax. Deductible. And we don't have a lot of money. We don't. We don't have, like, we have friends who say that, who have money. We don't have a lot of money. Um, And the little that we have had, we've put into this. So I will be having a call to action. You know, I'll be donating $10 and, and calling people out to say, okay, I don't have money, but I donated $10 to my nonprofit. I know you can do it too. And um, I'll name 10 people. I'll say, I know you got $10. You can do it. And you can, you can call 10 other people to donate $10. It's that simple. It really is because we've tried to be, I guess, nice about it and say, hey, you know, the donate button's here. The donate button's here. Also, by the way, we set up a, a donate button on our Facebook page. So it's even simpler to donate to us. Yeah, and I mean... There's multiple ways to donate. You, you send out emails to your work, and I mean, I guess everything that we're trying to do right now is just kind of filter out um, people who actually want to get involved um, and see this grow, and people who just want to um, watch from the sidelines. And, you know, hey, good job, you, nice work. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, um, you know, one of the things that we were hoping to have done by the time Chris goes to his training camp next week, which we're going to talk about here in a second, um, is being able to, you know, put down a payment for the condo for him and his crew because we're paying for the crew. You know, this, this part of the donations is making sure that Chris is taken care of and can complete the race to inspire people with type one diabetes. And we can't do that if we've got no place to stay. (laughs) Yeah. The athletes are, are, um, responsible for, um, transportation crew, uh, hospitality and, um, lodging for themselves, their crew and anybody that, um, that comes along with them. And if you think about it, uh, I, I think I've talked about this in a previous podcast, but you've got the the race is three days. Uh, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday race. But on Thursday before the race starts, you have the athlete and crew brunch where they go. The race director goes over all of the logistics of the race, day one, day two, and day three. You know, any changes that might have been made because there's construction upon the 172 miles that we're, mm-hmm. that we're riding, you know, if, if they have to make a little detour here or there, um, you know, they go over all that on Thursday. On Tuesday and Wednesday is the bike check-in. You have to have your bike checked in um, and inspected by a mechanic at a specific bike shop. Uh, that the race directors choose. 
Um, if your bike doesn't meet the specifications, you need to either fix it and make sure it does pass specifications before you're allowed to race. So that happens Tuesday and Wednesday. So when you start adding things up, you've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then on Monday, they have the awards banquet. It's a week-long event. Things going on every single day that you're required for. And again, um, it's not just the athletes themselves, but athletes are responsible for their crew members. You And you have to have a crew. Minimum of two people, maximum of four people. And the reason that we're doing this, you know, the reason we created the nonprofit is because of the experience that Chris had last time and the chain, well, the, the motivation and inspiration that it brought, um, it's like, okay, let's do something with this. People have been telling us that, you know, this is possible. Okay. We're doing it. We need your help. And it's not easy for Chris and I to say, we need your help and we need money. It is not, it is completely out of our comfort zones, but it's also, it's, you know, we're the kind of people that, like we said, we don't have a lot of money. But, you know, actions speak louder than words, and we are all about action. And we don't have a lot of money, but guess what? (laughs) I've donated to JDRF this year. I've donated to ADA. I'm there for my friends when they say they need it and when I say that I can be there for them. And, you know, one thing that I do want to bring up is is that we're not just collecting um, for for this one particular race, yeah. um, you know, when, when we built this campaign, we built it around a couple of things. Obviously, one of the big parts was Ultraman Florida um, this year or next year. But we wanted to to meet up with local first responders um, just because it kind of ties in with uh, being a type one diabetic and being and, and, and being active, getting out there even if you're not doing these big races, it's like, hey, if you're a first responder, if you're a firefighter or if you're a police officer and you come across uh, a type one diabetic who's swerving while driving, you know, they're not intoxicated. They may have a low blood sugar. So we wanted to, um, you know, bring about some education. So we we set a point to to speak with first responders both here in in our Jacksonville community, which is a little different in that um, <clears throat> you've got Jacksonville is uh, Jacksonville boundaries are set by the county lines. So we basically have Jacksonville Sheriff's Office and that's the um, the totality as far as police um, structure within Jacksonville. but you also have the beaches. You have, you've got Atlantic Beach, Neptune, Neptune Beach, Beach uh, Jack's Beach, yeah. Ponte Vedra. So you've got all the beach communities as well. Um, and we've already reached out to them, you know, and we're, we're trying to organize things to where we can go in um, and speak with them and just kind of give them a tutorial on uh, how to deal with, uh, with a, a, a diabetic who may be in need. Um, we've also reached out to the... Um, uh, the fire department and stuff like that. JFRD, not JDRF. It's so confusing. Oh. Um, and we were also hoping to uh, to meet with some of the first responder uh, units down in the Orlando area, which is where Ultraman Florida is going to take place. 
Yeah. So, I mean. A lot going on. Yeah. And just a, you know, it's a simple campaign, you know, $100 a day for 100 days. But there's so much that, that goes into that from all of our UMFL stuff, Ultraman Florida stuff, to also giving back to the the first responders um, and trying to bring about that uh, education and awareness on on helping out type 1 diabetics. Um, I actually had, this is not, I just remember this and I meant to tell you about it. Beyond Type 1 posted something recently that really spoke to me and, and I've kind of been questioning because of like, does this not resonate with people? But Beyond Type 1 posted something recently that made me go, no, it's actually really important, you know, talking to our first responders about this. I'm going to play it real quick. 911. We have a guest at the drive-thru window who has low blood sugar and she may be having a seizure. And we're wanting to get sent an ambulance, please. I sure can. Yeah. Keep your head up now. About how old is she? Uh, uncle is 42. Is she awake? Yes, she is. Okay. And she's drifting in and out. Did she tell you she was a diabetic? Yes, she did. Is she behaving normally? No. Is she breathing normally? Yes. Okay. We're, we're getting an ambulance here for you. She's calling for her mother. If she promised you're going to have to get her on her side so she doesn't aspirate it, are you okay to hang up? Yep. 4123 just said. 4123. She's in dive. So, I mean, this person is in a drive through and they're calling, you know, they're calling an ambulance. It's just, it's not going to just help our first responders understand it better. Um, you know, race day, uh, whether it's, you know, a big race like what Chris is doing or an Ironman or, you know, your local 5K, but then that is going to translate to their everyday response. So it's not just going to help the athletes on race day. It's then going to help their community as a whole. And I think that, I mean, that's why this campaign is important. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. Try to help, you know, inspire others through, you know, cool races like this. Try to educate people, you know, first responders uh, like police and fire departments so that, you know, they're educated on how to deal with with diabetes related issues and then empower those, you know, that are affected, not just the, the diabetics themselves, but, you know, the families and the friends and hopefully bring about, you know, an, some semblance of, of, I guess, well, I'm trying to think of, of, of the best term, and I'm fumbling with this. I had it in my head. But basically, not change, more like pride, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, empowering those affected by diabetes to, to stand up with their heads high knowing that they are a valuable part of, you know, this world and how it turns every single day. You know, diabetes is definitely something that has a lot of negative connotations about it. Um, But that said, I read and I talk with people constantly about 
how diabetes, although it makes them focus a little bit more on their health, on their their diet, their fitness, um, how it's actually helped change their lives for the better because they have to be a little bit more conscious about this. Yeah. And although there's all these negative connotations and, and not just negative connotations, but th- there is the scary part that diabetes can in fact kill you. You know, you can die from this disease. It, it's a struggle that every diabetic deals with every single day. It literally makes you vulnerable every day with everything you do. But, you know, there is um, there is a very powerful strength that comes with owning, you know, your diabetes and and taking the steps, you know, to put yourself in a good place Um Put your health in a good place, um, be it if you're a type one diabetic or a type two diabetic. If you're, you know, uh, a child, you know, you may not understand the, the concepts of of owning your diabetes, you know, but hopefully that's something that the parents can instill so that as you grow. I know Umish is excited about this, <laughs> but, you know, as they grow, um, they become the people that that you would want them to be, that you would want to be those who are older, you know, uh, maybe with type two diabetes, you know, you can show those, the, the next generation, Hey, you, know, you put some, some effort into your own health and it will completely change your life and hopefully for the positive. Umish is very, very excited about the these thoughts and, and this tangent that I'm going on. <laughs> he, he's he's digging on it. But I mean, I don't even remember where we were where we were at. Were uh, we over here or were we over here? We, we were we were over here, but I think we encompassed all of this. Yeah. <laughs> um so with all of that being said, um, you know, to bring it back around, actions speak louder than words. And we're, you know, today is small business Saturday. So we're going to be pushing some stuff on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. And, uh, Monday is cyber Monday. Um, Tuesday is giving Tuesday. So over the next few days, um, and again, that you'll first be hearing this Sunday. Um, but over the next few days, you will be seeing multiple posts from us. This podcast will be coming out. I will be sending a newsletter Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Um, You know, kind of like how Reebok sent me five emails yesterday on Black Friday to remind me that it was Black Friday, to remind me how many hours were left in the sale at any given time, and then remind me that the end of Black Friday was coming up. We will be reminding you about, you know, these specific days, um, and what donating means. And then, you know, I'll really be pushing forward those, those emails, um, every week. Cause those are easier to, to put together than Chris and I taking an hour of our time to do a podcast. And then the next couple of hours that it takes for me to edit, um, an email is a little bit more simple where I can, you know, grab everything that we've been doing online and talking about to kind of push out there. So, so look for those things coming up, but you know, we do, we mentioned the training camp. Um, and I want Chris to talk a little bit about that because it's, you know, like 
we mentioned he's been putting hours and hours and hours into his training. Um, and uh, Ultraman Florida is just a few months away in the middle of February. But I'm excited about the training camp because it's kind of like that halfway point for us. And you get to be down there on the the route, which is important because it's a new route. And you get to be with the other comp- most of the other competitors who are going to be there. So it, it's just got a lot of important contacts with it. Yeah, I think um, the course recon will be will be huge for me because, I mean, I raced it in 2015. I've been down there a couple of times um, to cheer on and help some of my friends. Um, so, like, I, I know the old route. You know, I, I don't know every turn, but it's, it's pretty simple to me. Um, because I've been through it the, uh, a few times, you know, I kind of, I have an idea of where I'm going at each leg. Whereas this year, it's the first time in five years, um, that the course is going to be completely different. They're swimming at a different lake. There's a new bike one or, uh, day one bike course. There's a new day two bike course. And they're changing the day three run course slightly. Um, it's still going to be it, it's it will be pretty similar to years past. That said, they're trying to add in some more clay roads because the athletes have have expressed how much they enjoy them. And I, speaking from as an athlete who race who has raced it. It's nice to not be pounding pavement uh, for 52.4 miles. <laughs> that said, there are some sections where that clay is soft. And just like running in sand, um, you know, it, it can definitely take it out on your legs. That said, we don't have a sand beach finish like they do in Ultraman Australia where I think forget how far like the last half mile or the last mile oh or gosh. two miles or something like that talking about a fact, killer for your legs yeah you, you, like you just, just run 50 miles and then you have another you know a mile or two in the sand and you, you finish on the beach it's that's it I, I i would really like to race ultraman or yeah ultraman australia i i would um but again uh coming up you know this camp i think will be really really cool just seeing you know swimming in the new lake seeing where the transition area will be set up and then uh just riding some of the hills and uh interestingly enough with uh central florida people think of florida as really flat which it is in general but when you get around central florida um there are a lot of hills the old course uh the first hundred miles of day two were very flat but then there was I think 5,000 feet, give or take, of elevation gain in the last 60 or 70 miles. So that's a pretty good amount of hills for a quote-unquote flat state. But this year, uh, I know they wanted to add some more hills to day two, but string them out throughout the, the course so it wasn't 100 miles of pretty flat stuff and then 60 or 70 miles of hills. They wanted to, to spread them out throughout. So... I'm really curious to see how how things look 
Um, and it'll be a, a good little test of my fitness just to see where I'm at, um, where my legs are at. Uh, my swim is pretty good right now. It's coming along. That said, I definitely need to start upping my the amount of times that I swim per week because I'm used to swimming just a couple of times per week and making them trying to make them a little bit longer. And I'd like to add a few short swims in there, um, both for recovery um, as well as uh, swimming for me is, is very easy, but it helps my cardiovascular, uh, endurance. So just adding like short sessions in, I think will help me. Um, but I'm excited to see some of my friends. Um, there's not a lot of, I don't even remember how many people are going to be at the camp, like eight, 10, 12, 14, 16. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. Um, I know Chuck will be down there. I know Jen, it's coming out from Hawaii, which would be cool. She's bringing some swag, from what I understand. Um, I won't be there. <laughs> but I'm going to be... I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to hit Chuck up. Because I want Chris to be present and in the moment, which he's good at. You know, I'll probably, you know, check on him. You know, maybe take a picture here or there. But I'll probably get, you know, get some more from Chuck to so we can show you guys um what's going what's on. going on um that is the disadvantage of me not being able to go as i can't be there on the sidelines to narrate that for y'all um and uh, you know i want chris to really concentrate on like i said being present which is kind of what we want to end with and end this podcast with as we go into the holiday season now that Thanksgiving is officially over. People are putting up their Christmas trees, getting ready for Hanukkah, and you know all those fun things. Decking the halls with yeah. boughs of holly. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. There's a lot going on during the holiday season, um, and we're going to be pushing a lot. But it's so important to stay present. Don't just think about the presence under the tree, but the presence of mind um, that you have for what's going on in your life and your goals. And, uh, you know, stay present within yourself and your family, I think is really important. Yeah, this is the holiday season. Holidays for me always means, you know, making sure that my family and my friends um, are are at the forefront of everything that I do. Not just, not necessarily with presents, but just reaching out to them, you know, reach out to, um, you know, like I haven't talked with one of my cousins, Gregory, who I lived with for, for a few months uh, when, I very, when I first moved up to Greenville. I'm loving to death and I haven't spoken with him hardly at all this year. And I, you know, I'd really like to reach out to him and just see how he's doing. Holiday time to me is all about family and friends and just making sure that that I connect with them and make sure that I'm in their lives and they're in mine. You know, taking some time out for for myself. Not that I have a lot of time, not that anybody usually has a lot of time because the holiday season is usually filled with holiday parties and, you know, extra social events and you name it. But, you know, taking that time and focusing in on on what's truly important to you, I think, um, is is of paramount importance. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. Dig it. All right. Well, till next time, guys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>